Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. get this turned down what's going on everybody it's your boy a double and you're now tuned in to episode 194 of do rags and boat shoes much love and respect to everybody out there who listened to last week's episode uh hopefully you guys been having a great week and making it do what it do uh hopefully you guys had a great dr king day you know celebrate kick back relax you know enjoy yourself on that federal ass holiday and uh yeah so uh let's go ahead and get started on that good old summer damn jam screen um i guess the theme of the summer jam screen is going to be a little bit of uh just stop telling white folks the truth about themselves and their history because it's offensive it's very offensive so there was an article that came out on nbc news let me go ahead and get that pulled up real quick uh about book bans going on in school um and how they're seeing more and more of it of uh, you know um request to ban books so parents and patrons initiate more than half of all book challenges in the u.s and it's only about one percent from students and as this is coming from the american library association and this article on nbc uh news was talking about the brother um the children's author uh jerry craft he does a couple of books uh, a graphic novel called the new kid and uh the follow-up is class act and it's basically talking about uh kids dealing with uh being a new kid at school in a new junior high and dealing with racism and things like that but it talks about it in a real way and in a way that kids can understand and the brother craft he was uh uh he was told that um you know that his books will be banned would be pulled from a school library down in texas and uh this was down in katy texas uh which is close to houston and um it wanted to uh basically um it's been in the news before about them they basically cutting off public the public's access to books that teach about racism so you're kind of seeing this go on going across the country and um the whole thing is they've conjured up and muddied the definition and there's a lot of black folks who speak spoke about this in the past how they muddied the the um term critical race theory right it was something that was normally only taught in universities and more specific uh law school about the and it's a theory about how racism is systemic and it's intertwined in basically all the systems to keep you know white supremacy going and we have seen this through all areas of people activity all nine areas right and i've talked about that before on this podcast and um so now i don't even know where the fuck this came from 
this whole critical race theory thing it just feels like it's been manufactured from like these these white think tanks you know just it's just they just sit up and bullshit and just think and you know have these whole brainstorming sessions on you know how to rile up uh you know their their fellow white folks and so they just came up with oh public schools are teaching critical race theory and then you ask anybody what is critical race theory they can't even explain it to you they because they don't even know what the fuck it's about they think that critical race theory is actually teaching about racism and the truth about American history and not the whitewashed version of it. So they're thinking, they're trying to say that CRT, the theory of critical race, is just telling the truth about history and teaching people about racism. And then it's just like, no, don't don't do that. Don't do that at all, right? And so the whole thing is trying to put the um the wizard from the wizard of oz trying to put him back behind that curtain and turn the machine on because right now what we're looking at is that the curtain is open and we see it for what it's worth right we see how the system is and how fucked up it is we see how classism and racism is just right neck and neck right with racism on top and people are just like you know what I think white supremacy does exist, you know, and even though black folks have been the canary in the mine, you know, in the in the cave for, you know, God knows how long, you know, since the whole inception of so-called America, you know, what we know it is today. We've been saying that, but it's like other people and even fellow white folks who are, you know, non-racist white folks, they're just like, you know what? It does exist. So now we're seeing this huge pushback and this started with the whole pushback of the 1619 project when you had the Cheeto in chief trying to basically start American history at like 1776, you know, uh, during the Declaration of Independence. He was trying to start the history of America there as opposed to when those first slave ships, you know, touched uh touch the east coast so i'm just like okay what the fuck is going on here but all it is is trying to and this is what dr welsing was talking about is just how this is kind of like white supremacy's last stand so you're just gonna see some crazy shit coming out so it's getting crazier and crazier they're like excuse me they're banning books that speak about race and to teach kids about racism and how to handle it and how to handle their differences they're trying to ban those books they're trying to ban teachers from teaching the truth and what's even crazier now uh with this brother you know they banned this brother craft from coming and speaking about it and shit like that and uh you guys should really read the new kid in class act i mean it it's it's nothing about like oh the bad white man and blah 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 it's just you know it's just what these kids go through right and just dealing with differences and having a support system and finding new friends just shit that actual kids go through in school you know what i'm saying and it's just like well 
if we're not teaching these kids you know racism and all this other shit and the history of racism then they can't be racist and i'm like well that's a goddamn lie because i mean for decades now for a day over a decade i mean have you played a video game online i mean you can get on right now and play call of duty fortnite on a ps5 ps4 uh xbox one x or you know or uh you know hop on the nintendo switch and play some online game and you'll have some little white kid talking about you know oh you sound like a nigger oh you breathe like a nigger are you black and you know just shit like that so it's just like well where the fuck are you learning this from you know what i'm saying so and they come up with all kind of racial epithets and you know and just call you all kind of names and shit like that and it's just like okay well, where the fuck is this kid learning this shit from right you see what I'm saying? So it's just one of those things where we're looking at right now in society, you know, they're trying to come for the babies. That's what's just disgusting right now. You know, just trying to pull the wool over their eyes so you'll have another generation of kids who turn into adults that just kind of, you know, walking through life, you know, with the blinders on and not seeing what's what and being able to truly fight for equity and true equality and having a you know a level playing field right so you so you're seeing things roll back uh like you're seeing it with the universities being uh investigated and uh courts looking into um admissions of uh non-white students and shit like that and talking about it's unfair but a lot of these uh pwis um they have so many white students in there that's coming there from big donors from uh legacies and shit like that but they want to look into you know uh the quota of giving you know bringing non-white students in and shit like that saying it's unfair and i'm just like okay this is what we're doing right now and i just feel like a lot of white folks right now want to be oppressed you know they want to feel like they're going through some shit it's just like that crazy ass news clip from what, what was it 2020 uh when that white woman was talking about she felt like george floyd because she has to wear a mask now and i'm just like what the fuck is going on it was like an anti-mask rally and then there was another white woman talking about you know who loves masks pedophiles and it's just like wait what what the fuck are you talking about we're trying to stop the spread of a virus and you talking about pedophiles love masks like okay like stop like but there's so much goofy shit going on with a certain class of white folks that is just like what the fuck are y'all even doing so you have this whole situation with them banning books uh across the board or requests to pull books from library shelves and then i mean florida is crazy as cat shit the only good thing about florida is miami and disney world right so what you have going on right now with uh that governor desantis and uh with a last name like that uh is he spanish or something like that but anyways um there's a bill that you know is getting closer to becoming a law that wants to shield and protect white folks from discomfort of a racist past right so the senate education committee they approved the bill and it's supposed to take aim at critical race theory, right? Which 
I mean, oh my goodness. Okay, so basically what the bill is, is a bill that's saying that, um, you know, you sh don't do anything at the public schools or private businesses to make certain individuals feel uncomfortable about their past. So let me read it what the bill says. Okay, it says an individual by virtue of his or her race or sex does not bear responsibility for actions committed in the past by other members of the same race or sex. An individual should not be made to feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress on account of his or her race. But my thing is, so the bill is called individual freedom. And, um, it's in, who is it? Manny Diaz. And so look at these names, Diaz and DeSantis. So, okay. All right. Uh, is one of the sponsors and uh, said it's not about ignoring the dark parts of American history, but rather ensuring that people are not blamed for sins of the past. Now, I feel like uh, white folks are the only group of people who look at, you know, when you talk about the history of this country, they look at it and be like, oh, um, I didn't have nothing to do with that. So um, let's not talk about it um, just because my ancestors did some shit like that, you know, makes me uncomfortable. I shouldn't have to deal with it. So therefore, you shouldn't have to deal with it. And, you know, we're in this age of rugged individualism. Right. So to call this bill individual freedom is just OK. Now, when you speak about white folks histories, nobody is saying you did this, you did this, you did this. It's like, no, this is what your people of the past did to put you in the position of where you are right now. This is how we have a system of racism, white supremacy. Like. Like, OK, like this is what it is, right? So help me dismantle this system. But of course, you know, uh, white folks ain't going to help you dismantle white supremacy. Right. Because it's like, eh, you know, it works in my favor. You know, even from the, the, the poorest white man, you know, living in a trailer park. I mean, he still has benefits over a non-white person, specifically, specifically a black person. If it comes to um, the interaction with law enforcement, you know, at court and shit like that. But I don't know. It's one of those situations where, like I said before, we are coming into an era of rolling back protections of non-white people. So we can so not we but so american can start you know building that curtain back and we can start looking to start back looking at racism white supremacy as um a big boogeyman and not for what it is a, a system that can be easily dismantled if non-white people all got on the same page but the problem is you have so many non-white people who want to be you know white adjacent so you know they want access to whiteness they want they don't want to be treated like a nigga you know what i'm saying so that's why you know it's so hard to kind of fight this system or speak the truth about this system because you always gonna have some non-white person come out and speak 
or be a mascot for racism, white supremacy. So then it muddies the waters. And it's like, what racism? What white supremacy? I mean, you got this jigaboo. I mean, you got this black guy right here saying that there's no such thing. And he's making great points, you know. And so it's just like, okay. All right. Here we go again. So you kind of muddy up them waters. But with this whole bill, it's I don't know. It's just going to it's just going to be very it's very broad right it's just super broad so anybody can you know i don't know if black everybody can use it probably except for black folks you know what i'm saying but what's always fascinating to me is when we're speaking about what's going on in schools there's never any type of meeting or anything present uh that the board members bring up or teachers bring up or you know school administration brings up or the government brings up like okay what can we do to help black students succeed you know what i'm saying it's always you know how do we stop hurting white folks feelings how do we make white folks more comfortable you know it's just i don't know like i know I know white folks are the dominant society, but you never see school board meetings. You never see anything like about like where the agenda is. How do we help black kids succeed and do this, that and the third? It's always about somebody's fucking feelings. You know, if if it's not the whole mask thing, some white person throwing a fit about the kids wearing masks and their freedoms you know then it's about some bullshit about crt you know it's just like damn nobody ask a black parent you know okay what can we do to help your child succeed what would you like to see in the curriculum to help this black child succeed in america what can we start teaching real black history besides talking about dr king and then talking about george washington carver and peanut butter you know what I'm saying? It's just, okay. You know, like nobody ever talks about that. Nobody. Or how can we help these, you know, Hispanic kids succeed? Or how can we help these ESL students? You know, English is a second language. How can we help them succeed? There's never like a national front for that, right? There's never a national front to help non-white children, right? It's always like, it's always this bullshit, you know. And then this Governor DeSantis, had, he, he brought out the whole, you know, every time we get close to Dr. King's holiday, you know, birthday and his holiday, it's always, it's always the well-known ten toes down, you know, bigots in the races who are just like, you know, they always bring up, hey, Dr. King said, stop being mean to me. You know, it's all, always shaming and wagging their fingers and using Dr. King. But uh, DeSantis said, you think about what MLK stood for. He said he didn't want people judged on the color of their skin, but the content of their character. You listen to some of these people nowadays, they don't talk about that. And I'm just like, come on, DeSantis. Like, really? Like, everybody everybody who's a bigot a closet racist a racist adjacent a white supremacist a low-key one you know there's it's always bringing out that you gotta judge by the character you know not by the color of their skin but these would be the same type of people 
who will, you know, take a couple shots and be around their own kind and be like, you know, black folks aren't too bad. But, you know, there's two types of blacks. You know, there's two kinds of those people. You got the blacks and you got those niggers. You know, it's just, it's shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So, eh, fuck out of here. But something is happening and we're witnessing it in real time where we see, you know, with the white population diminishing but there's just this this clawing, this grabbing, this scratching, biting, fighting, throwing dirt in the face just to hold on to what little power that they do have. Because media ain't really popping like it used to be, right? Now with social media and so many non-white people being connected and telling their stories you don't feel as crazy as being a non-white person in america because you you know sometimes you just talk with your friend group and shit like that and sometimes your own friends don't even be going through some of the racist shit that you go through you know what i'm saying it could be or they don't even know how to identify it or some shit like that but what i'm saying is with media mainstream media uh people don't give a fuck about the news no more nobody gives a fuck about these articles coming out uh people are pointing out the bias that you see into it when back when i was a kid that's pretty much all you had was the news the newspapers and shit like that and only real shit here that you could deal with as far as black media was you know the omaha star uh which is still up and running and then the final call right so those are the two like black media outlets you know what i'm saying so here and uh the final call is you know uh all across the u.s but that's that's where you got you know your somewhat real news you know what i'm saying but for the most part you know and then non-white people wasn't connected you know what i'm saying so you started so now you got this social media popping off and people are able to tell stories firsthand account like with police shootings that they witness uh, because beforehand they would find the most ignorant motherfucker there or somebody who was on the cop side or some shit like that. Now we have video phones, you know what I'm saying, pictures everything and we're all connected and that's one of the most dangerous things that's happening and that's why you're seeing so much pushback from the dominant society because there's so many non-white people that's connected and you got platforms like youtube where you know people can have their own channels you have podcasts you have um you know instagram lives and shit like that where people are you know telling their truth people can go live and start you know telling their truths and we don't have to be fed what's coming from these newspapers magazines and these so-called you know uh photojournalists and these uh these news uh outlets you know so you don't have to take that the only people who still fuck with the news is what some of gen x and then pretty much the boomers like the millennials and gen z ain't nobody really fucking with that like if there's a story that's breaking or some shit like that i get it from via twitter right and then you start seeing what's happening live and on the ground as opposed to getting some fucked up cookie cutter story or some cliff notes version on the news you know what i'm saying so that's what's that's what we're seeing so with the 
connectivity of non-white people online and these new you know media outlets you're just seeing the old guard just trying to figure out okay what the fuck can we do okay let's stop teaching about racism let's stop teaching america's racist history but it's just like you can go on tiktok right now and there's uh you know brothers and sisters who's breaking it down right then and there you know breaking down american history and you know how there's a lot of black folks who were here before that first slave ship touched down you know what i'm saying they don't tell you about that they don't tell you about the black folks who was already here they don't tell you about the africans who you know circumnavigated the globe way before you know the others quote-unquote like explorers right and how people from africa was trading with different continents you know way before christopher columbus nobody they don't teach you that in school you know what i'm saying you might not learn that until fucking college you know what i'm saying so with this whole connectivity and you know people putting out their own media like that's a dangerous thing the truth is so dangerous speaking truth to power is one of the most dangerous things that can you know happen and then people so with the connectivity especially of non-white people you know people start becoming ungovernable you know what i'm saying it's it's not as easy as to control people because you know everybody's so connected everybody can you know start you know linking up start having their own little you know groups and shit like that and discuss ideas and you know being you know freedom thinkers and shit like that so that's it's scary so now you're seeing the feds you know the federal government state governments and stuff just kind of like oh shit what the fuck can we do now but you know they monitoring your phones anyway but still people like i don't give a fuck you know what i'm saying so it can't really come into a police state because people are so you know resistant to that so if that happens it's just like oh fuck what the fuck do we do like you trying to see now with this whole virus shit how people are just kind of like okay all right what's going what's really going on here and how people are like calling out the cdc it's like okay first you said it was two weeks you know to you know to kind of kick back relax and you know stay away from folks vaccine came out which is great now it's 10 days now all of a sudden you know capitalism kicks in and it's just like oh uh five days without symptoms and it's just like uh nigga what how did it just go from two weeks to 10 days to five days like what are we doing here and then you had like pfizer coming out talking about oh get your booster and it's like okay i'll get my booster a year after my second dose no 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 you can get it now you can get it five months after and it's just like okay this is sound like a money grab right now and then they tell talking about you know the other virus and i saw some shit on the news where um they were talking about uh i was watching it was cnbc because i'm trying to you know i'm trying to get back into the stock game but and they were talking about how pfizer is going to launch a fourth booster shot and i'm just like this ain't nothing but a fucking money grab or it might have been msnbc i can't remember but um it was it was one of those things where you just kind of stop and I'm, I'm vaccinated i didn't get my booster yet but i'm just like i'm gonna wait and get my booster till it's closer to a year just like i do with the flu shot that's all the flu shot is is a booster shot you know every year i'm just like why the fuck would i take it you know five six months after i didn't got you know my second shot and i'm a pretty healthy individual 
You know what I'm saying? Like I have to give a get a physical every couple years to keep driving and shit like that, and my numbers be great across the board. So I'm just like, uh, like what? The, like it's a fucking cash grab, right? Because at first they told you them boosters was just for the vulnerable, right? So that's understandable. Okay, all right. So it wanes off. All right, cool. You know, older folks, uh, uh, immune uh, compromised people. Okay, go ahead, get it. Blah blah blah, and then. It was like, oh, everybody else can get it too. And I'm like, nigga, this is a cash grab right here. Like, this fucking shot should last a year just like the flu shot. And then next season, you should, you know, a year later, you should get it. You know what I'm saying? So that's just an example of people just kind of linking up, looking at, you know, what the mainstream is feeding us. And it's just like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'll wait to get my shot and shit like that like you should you should get it if you're not vaccinated absolutely you should get it but as far as getting all these goddamn boosters a third and fourth shot it's just like you collecting fucking infinity stones of the vaccine like no but that's what's so dangerous is when people start connecting right and people start you know kind of thinking for themselves and it's not this whole group think thing and going back to the system of racism white supremacy so you're just seeing those in power doing all that they can so it's like okay well let's let's continue to miseducate these children even more by creating a fake boogeyman with crt and then you know saying that we can't teach about history because we can't offend white students now if you tell the fucking truth about it about the history like you're not going to be offended you know i'll hear some fuck shit about you know what some man did in the past and it's just like like you hear about like patriarchy um you know male chauvinist and shit like that i don't be like oh damn i'm trash like i don't think like that it's just like oh that sucks that he did that i'm going to do better you know what i'm saying i'm not like that you know what I'm saying? So it's if it does impact me, it's impacting me in a way of like, okay, be better. You know, be better than this asshole from the past. You know what I'm saying? And this is all about evolution and societies grow, evolve to last longer. But this whole miseducation shit and just trying to have a group of zombies out here, that's not going to fucking work. Because it, it can't work because unless you try to like regulate the internet or something like that and um, start censoring and banning people, I mean, this ain't it ain't just, it's just not going to work. So, what other trick up the sleeves of white supremacists do they have? So, I mean, besides them, you know, joining these different, um, you know, these different uh, militia groups like there is an article that just came out about um, the Oath Keepers. They had uh, what? What was it? It was like uh, over 20 current uh, members were like military or current military members. And I was just like, what the fuck? So there was like a document that leaked where it was showing that um, it was like 40 current law enforcement officers. And then it's like 20 um, military, current military people who were using their government names and, you know, some of them were even using their, um, 
their military email addresses and shit like that and law enforcement email addresses to join like the mailing list for the Oath Keepers. And if you don't know who the Oath Keepers are, it's just a group of uh, jingoists, you know, who practice jingoism, which is extreme patriotism, which actually just boils down to, you know, just a white man's land, you know, a group of those guys, you know. And so they said that the Defense Department should have known about this shit way back in 2018 but the uh, southern poverty law center sent copies of another you know membership list um which had information through like fucking 2015 and so it's just like okay and i think the grand total was like 130 military emails were on the list and then uh, out of those 130, 124 was on that same 2015 list, right? So you have these people with this military expertise training these oath keepers, you know, uh, on how to do different shit. And then they're doing this whole the January 6th insurrectionist. They're getting hit with kid gloves. And I think that one nigga, he the one who got the most, um, uh, the most uh, jail time. But... It just, it doesn't make sense to me, but at the same time, it does make sense to me that you will see so many military folks join these, uh, these far right wing groups. Cause I, I would think, you know, cause I have some family that were in the military and, you know, they said it was cool cause you meet people from all different walks of life and shit like that. But I just, I just guess, cause so that's what I was going off of. I'm thinking, that's what I was confused about, cause I'm thinking, okay, you know, if you're meeting people from all walks of life and it's forcing you to be in a team environment and watch your brother's back and shit like that, cause I got so a lot of family members that was in uh, the Desert Storm, uh, you know, shit that was going on in the Middle East. But it was, it was like, huh. But these white boys, they still just like on some, nah, fuck that shit. So I think, you know, with non-white military members, it's just like, oh, okay, I see where you're coming from, blah, blah, blah. But I think, you know, a lot of these 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 white boys who get over there and shit like that is just a, you know, excuse to, you know, uh, shoot some non-white folks. You know what I'm saying? Get some, you know, take some heads off some dark folks. You know what I'm saying? So I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if these guys think they're being patriotic, but at the but this is nothing but jingoism, right? It's just extreme patriotism, you know, and it gets to the point where it just wants to be a white ethno state. So it's I don't know. You, you just see it from all sides, and, and again, it's systemic, right? So you have these people in the fucking military joining these far right wing extremist groups. And the Department of Defense really ain't doing shit about it. The Defense Department ain't doing shit about it. They're just like, eh, it happens. And it's just like uh, with that old, um, um, the white supremacist infiltration of law enforcement, uh, um, uh, law enforcement, that uh, guide that came out from the... Um, from the FBI, from the Counterterrorism Division. This came out way back in October of 2006. Um, I got it printed out and it's just sitting on my desk, but it talks about how basically, you know, the invisible empire is really real. Just how white supremacists go through and become cops, 
state troopers and shit like that and just join in law enforcement just so they can you know harm non-white people specifically black folks but that came out way back in 2006 and you got folks around here you know screaming blue lives matter you know black folks was catching hell and they started screaming black lives matter what did the racists do they flipped it blue lives matter nigga what the fuck is a blue life so what we're witnessing is like it's systemic through the whole thing it's a whole system of racism white supremacy but we keep on playing this game and being like willing participants in this system right so the beauty of us being connected via the internet and social media is coming up with ways how to disrupt the system and ultimately dismantle it and i think um how this happens is uh we really have to get to the point where we're educating you know these babies on the real history of of america and how um the truth of how a lot of black folks in the civil rights era got their freedoms right uh there's a great book called this Nonviolent stuff will get you killed and it's basically speaking about the armed resistance of during the civil rights era before it and after it you know talks about the deacons of defense um it also speaks about how uh dr king uh used to keep that thing on him at the crib how his whole house was strapped up he would have shotguns in the closet there was an interviewer that came to interview him and he told him to be careful how he sat down because there was a pistol up under the cushion of the chair that he was sitting in so dr king believed in you know he preached that non-violent shit you know to the masses on tv but when it came to protecting him and his family uh you know he was about that life so but they tell us you know during uh you know february they tell us about you know the i have a dream speech yeah uh, the peanut butter man and then they tell us that you know our great grandfathers and great grandmothers got hit in the head with bricks at diners and they marched for a long time and then white folks felt bad and was like oh let's give them their voting rights you know what i'm saying let's go ahead and end uh you know let's end segregation you know what i'm saying like that was it no there was a whole armed resistance and um so if you guys read that book it's a very good book i'm going through it for a second time but it's it's a very very good book so it's just about knowledge of self knowing the true history and um just preparing your children and preparing yourself you know mentally and physically for whatever comes your way and being prepared for it right and we have to stop looking for white folks to acknowledge their history and acknowledge and trying to get them to acknowledge um how equality uh through equity is the way to achieve harmony on this planet we just have we got to give up on that notion there's too many of us wasting our time and energy you know trying to convince white folks that the system of racism white supremacy is bad that's that's no no that's that's not it you're not going to get anywhere by pleading and you know trying to um you know guilt white folks into jumping into a cause that ultimately benefits them 
and this is white folks as a whole non-racist white folks and racist white folks because how this system is and it's been going on for so goddamn long you know non-racist white folks I'm, i just feel like it's too few of y'all or y'all just don't give a damn to the point where it's just like eh, we can share the same neighborhood you know and that's good enough for me you know what i'm saying and shit like that uh but not too many of y'all can come into this neighborhood maybe one or two once it gets three well my property value goes down and i need to move somewhere else um so and it's so many non-racist quote-unquote white folks who like that you know that peace that uneasy peace where black folks and other non-whites suffer in silence and just you know they're um afraid to let someone hear their cries or feel their pain or express their pain because they don't want to be labeled as crazy uh the angry black man the angry black woman but what they call you now is passionate this is what they call you now that's that's the new term now it's like so if you see that in your um your work review that's just them calling you the angry black lady or the angry black man in the office oh he's very passionate that's something that he needs to work on he's very passionate she's very passionate like okay all right okay here we go so we have to give up on that because that ain't nothing but wasted energy and it didn't work in the 60s and it's not working it's not working now it hasn't been working post-civil rights at all you know what i'm saying trying to beg and plead because america only respects two things money and violence so take with that what you will but i'm going off on this tangent let's um keep this thing pushing let's see here um uh, oh yeah let's uh talk about what's going on downtown in omaha this for black omaha and everybody else in omaha so it's been uh revealed that um they are going to actually tear down the downtown library um i think they're gonna move it a little bit out west um in midtown but i don't know we don't know yet uh but it was so secretive like first there was the expose story from the uh omaha world herald they dropped a few months ago and people was like yo what the fuck is going on <clears throat> and then after that people start started uh hearing more and more about these um this so-called committee that's deciding what to do with um the library downtown which is a staple you know every major city is like my wife was saying every major city every big city you know has a library downtown you know a huge main library downtown um and so everybody's like what the fuck is about to go there you know what i'm saying so okay what are we about to do what are we about to put there um and it's been revealed just yesterday that fucking mutual of omaha is going to build a skyscraper and where the downtown library used to was the where the downtown library is and everybody's like, yo, you serious? Like you about to build a whole fucking skyscraper and this skyscraper is going to be taller than the first national uh, skyscraper, the tower. So we got two big towers downtown. We got the Woodman of the world. And then, and uh, what was that? Early 2000s, they built the, uh, the first national bank tower, which is huge and massive. So now we about to have another big ass skyscraper that's mutual of omaha and so everybody's just like what the fuck happened 
like all of this is happening so quick and the mayor came out and she's been very uh tight-lipped about it so that lets me know a lot of backroom deals was going on so it doesn't surprise me that a lot of uh so-called public officials have are getting a huge kickback somehow some way or um their uh friends businesses you know uh are getting kickbacks too you know as far as like construction and shit like that you know getting contracts and shit like that spending these taxpayers money um but uh an internal memo went out to uh mutual of omaha employees because they're on a a lot of them are still working from home or they're on a hybrid schedule you know and a lot of but most folks you know cleaned out their offices in the midtown which is just you know a few blocks west up the hill in a midtown crossing from downtown and so now it's like so y'all about to build this tower what you gonna do with the old you know uh mutual of omaha uh area and so i guess they're going to renovate that and have like two campuses so they're gonna have the tower downtown the skyscraper and then renovate that and i'm just like y'all making money hand over fist and what's even crazier is uh that whole tower is going to be nothing but mutual of omaha it's not going to be like the library's not going to be on the first couple floors. There's not going to be other businesses in there. It's just going to be straight up um, the first national, um, not first national, but the Mutual of Omaha Tower. So everybody's like, we're tearing down a, a monument, a staple in Omaha to put up a fucking insurance company's skyscraper. And there's no, I don't see the benefit. Uh, they didn't say anything about creating new jobs. I didn't see anything um, about how this is going to help the people of Omaha, uh, how this is going to improve the city. I didn't see anything about uh, them working on keeping the younger folks here in the city because a lot of our young folks are getting their degrees and moving the fuck out of Omaha. And then they had the audacity to announce uh, a rail car system. Now, in downtown, we do have the old market with the uh, the brick streets, cobblestone streets, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And a lot of the these these old buildings where like shops are inside and shit like that. It's pretty cool. But a rail car system like like it just it feels like Omaha is like 25 years behind or 35 years behind in these innovations right like if we had some common goddamn sense we would be doing something like uh revisiting and actually implementing the plan to have like a speed uh bullet train running through running between omaha and lincoln like we would we would have that there's something that could get you to omaha to lincoln and lincoln to omaha within like 40 minutes you know what I'm saying? Like that would be amazing for the state of Nebraska to have like a rail car, not not a rail car, but like a a, a a bullet train or something, a high speed train that went from Omaha to Lincoln. And you know how accessible that could be. And that's the key word accessible uh, that that could be for more, you know, folks in Omaha to go to a Husker game. And what's sad about my state is it's not fucking it's fucking funny. It is. But uh, it's kind of sad too. the third largest city 
in Nebraska is Memorial Stadium, where the Huskers play on Saturdays. That is the third largest city (laughs) in the whole fucking state. This big ass state and the third largest city is the football stadium on Saturdays when the Huskers are playing. And it's just... I don't know. These decisions are going to bite us in the ass, but we have so many people in this city, like our young folks. Like I said, they get their degrees. They do their little internships or whatever here, and then they get a job, you know, somewhere else in a bigger city uh, or a city that's almost the same size, but has, you know, more forward thinking politics and thinks, thinks about the people and shit like that, as opposed to just thinking about businesses. And uh, it's very sad to see Omaha heading in this direction, uh, but it has to be a change. It has to be a change. Um, they they they're trying to lie and say that this been they've been working on this for years uh, since I think 2009. They were planning on demolishing the the library, and nobody has heard about this. The story just broke a few months ago from the Omaha World Herald back in 2021 just a few months ago we're only in January but um yeah and that's when the public heard about it and then we're like okay are we gonna have some public meetings about this what to do you know what's going in here nothing we had like real like if there was a meeting going on for the public to hear about it uh they would be like okay it's going to be on this date but it would be like the day before they would announce it like the day before and it'd be real quick and you couldn't say too much And it was just they had a whole ass committee of like business leaders basically trying to privatize the library, you know, trying to uh, slimline and make it uh, smaller and uh, a new location. And it's just to me, it's just getting rid of the homeless folks. That's all it is. Because at the downtown library, what you have is a bunch of homeless folks who like to surf the web, read books and shit like that, hang out down there and, you know, just someplace warm and where they can kick it, you know, be comfortable for a few hours, you know. And then on top of that, um, you would have across the street, there would always be the uh, open door mission would show up. There'll be other volunteers that will show up um, and there will be food trucks at times that would uh show up and this this would be like i think every was it thursdays or something like that where these different organizations and food trucks would show up and feed the homeless so i just think the whole thing it just sounds too fishy talking about they've been planning it for years to tear down the uh, the uh the, the main library but it's just to get rid of the homeless folks that's what it boils down to and it's prime real estate just just where the location of the library is it's a beautiful location and now they're redoing the uh the pond and shit like that the gene Leahy mall or whatever they're redoing everything down there trying to beautify it and it's just getting rid of the homeless folks and that's what it is just getting rid of the homeless folks uh moving them on out and so we've seen this before with the uh with the hoes and the uh homeless folks and the pimps over on um park avenue when they started building those nice townhomes and apartments and renovating that on park ave um park avenue in leavenworth so that is an area over uh near downtown um just west of downtown near uh near 24th and um so it's an area where basically uh back in the days like i I moved over that area back in was it 2008 
2008 2009 or something like that uh i moved into these apartments called the drake court apartments and they're really nice apartments like uh, there's these brick apartments they got renovated and stuff and they were right there off of right there by crack alley <laughs> which is a trip but i've told this story many times before and um so i got right there before gentrification before the the gentrification really started happening and uh so what you started seeing at the time you still had the holes out there you still had the pimps out there hanging out at that uh at the liquor store and then the thrift store over there and then that family dollar over that way um you had um all of these you know people who've been there for decades hanging out over there and um then you just started seeing around 2011 2010 late 2010 2011 you started seeing these massive uh like sweeps on park avenue they was just getting people up out the paint like you just seen just massive arrest like i remember there was one night i was coming home from either oriental trading or target i can't remember i'm coming home and you just seen like uh the uh, SWAT van uh a couple of suburban SUVs just just these big ass brolic dudes about my size hopped out and it was just all these these holes these hookers these prostitute sex workers as you guys like to call them um you nigga you new niggas like to call them they were just they all scattered from behind these dumpsters like roaches and just was just darting down Leavenworth it was about I don't know it was about eight to ten of them and they all just got whoop, just snatched up and you just it got to the point where you know most hoes and pimps and shit well not the pimps but most hoes you know they get you know locked up just for like the weekend or a couple days or some shit see the judge and then boom you know they out then they out you know time served just you know they sitting in there for a weekend or whatever because they ain't really getting them for prostitution because they ain't really catching them you know uh you know selling that fruit cocktail or giving up that fruit cocktail it's you know like loitering trespassing shit like that because they just walk in the stroll you know they they on the track you know uh 10 toes down so they didn't catch them like flat backing or anything like that so you know it's just some little simple minor shit you know where you know you might even be out a few hours later you know what i'm saying if it's a weekday or some shit uh you know it's only a long time you know if you get arrested on a weekend you gotta see the judge on a monday but um but this time when we start seeing these massive sweeps you didn't see the ladies come back at all you didn't see the pimps come back you didn't see like the hobos and shit like that it was just a massive ass sweep and i think they just overcharged people and either you know some of them folks still locked up or i don't know but they just did a massive sweep because leavenworth and park avenue you know what i'm saying that used to just be the stroll that used to be the whole stroll you know that used to be the track but once they those developers came in there and started renovating them apartments and shit and started building up them townhomes and shit, it was just like, nah, you got to get the fuck on up out of here. So, I mean, that's what we seeing with the library right now. But it's, it was just so fucking shady. And then people were like, this is the big reveal. You about to tear down a staple of Omaha to put up a life insurance skyscraper like come on now like i know conagra already left a few years ago and that campus we don't even know what the fuck's about to happen with that campus right now because i ain't heard shit i ain't seen shit down there you know there's some development going on down there but 
I think they about to just turn that into apartments or some shit. You had this big, beautiful campus, and all of a sudden, Conagra is just like, eh, we up out of here. Huge employer for the city, but I don't know. It just seems like Omaha just moves so ass backwards. It was like the mayor, Mean Gene, was so proud of that orped, that bus that runs up and down Dodge Street from like you know like 10th and dodge all the way out to like 168th and dodge out to village point or some shit and it's like uh they built these new bus stops and shit like that and they spent you know these millions of dollars and i'm like nigga it's one long bus that travels up and down dodge that's it like they she didn't think about you know either expanding the the current bus routes or figuring out a way for the buses to run later so people who don't have cars ain't gotta waste money on uber uh lyft getting a jitney getting a taxi i mean what they call the zet taxis now zip cars or some shit like that um you know doing shit like that bumming rides for people and and that would actually help the city and stimulate you know the economy the local economy here because if more people are you know people working overnights and shit like that and they can actually spend less money on transportation you know what i'm saying they can spend more money elsewhere in the city you see what i'm saying but nope we're just about to rent of there was already a bus the number two already went up and down fucking dodge street you know what i'm saying it was just we just improved the bus that was it you know what I'm saying? It was it, it was the, the dumbest fucking thing. And she was so happy about it. Like she did something. But I'm like, you could have really made some real change and expanded the routes. And on top or what would even help more, like I said before, is just figure out a way to have these buses run later or even have them start even earlier. You know what I'm saying? Instead of starting at six o'clock in the morning, try to have them start at three o'clock in the morning, you know, for those people who do have to work them super early morning shifts or them people who getting off, you know, at like three o'clock in the morning and shit like that who work them fucked up hours, you know, because most people who work them fucked up hours make really good money because you're getting that shift differential. But I don't know. It's just, it's very suspect with this whole, um, mutual of omaha tower it just seems like in the rail car system like like that doesn't excite me there's so many jokes flying on twitter if you just look up mutual of omaha and a rail car or whatever and um i don't know this this mean gene she just she just so she never she never does anything for the people right there's no humanity with this woman right it's always business 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 and i don't know how the fuck she keeps getting reelected, but it's always some weak ass opponent that runs up against her and i never understand that it just feels like the the whole like electoral system is corrupt or not enough of us are per, uh participating in this because we got to get mean gene about the paint you know we really have to get a mayor in here who actually cares about the people of Omaha and don't just serve the businesses of Omaha because I knew that uh, this uh, this piece of shit mayor wasn't about the people like this was the final nail in the coffin for me was when we had that really bad storm that knocked out power for you know, we was out of power for what over a week 
it was about no, it was, I think it was about six days or some shit like that. And we ended up having to get a hotel and shit like that, and um, and there was a golf tournament going on at the same time, like the was it the senior PGA or it might have just been the regular PGA, and that was a tournament that just was uh, just northwest of me, probably a couple miles, nice ass golf course. Um, I don't even think it's about two miles from me. I think it's about a mile and a half from me. Um, and this woman got on TV and people were asking her, why didn't you come out and say anything to the people of Omaha? Because pretty much half the city, you know, lost its power, you know, close to it. Like the outage was crazy. I think it was something, what, 100,000 people, 200,000 people, it was some crazy number. And this woman gets on there and talks about, I was representing Omaha on national TV. Like, bitch, she was hanging out at a golf tournament. Like, she didn't come out and say anything to the people for days. Like, even OPPD, our local power uh, company here, well, the only one that we have here, they came out and held a whole ass press conference about what was going on because there were so many trees knocked down and shit like that. And then they had to bring in, you know, uh, people from other uh cities to help uh get the power back on and they had to bring in you know uh tree companies from all over and they're still like there's a tree company um just up the hill from me and it's uh it's up by the movie theaters behind the movie theater and you should just see like how much like like mulched up tree like just hills just mountains mountains of uh just you know tree debris that they done broke down and then over by the golf course by uno um what's that what's the street is alpha pacific they're still over there breaking down trees over there like huge trees that fell and that's when i knew like it was the nail in the coffin like this woman does not care about the people that she's supposed to be leading and serving like our tax dollars pays her salary but she was so concerned about how um she looked on tv how the city looked here she is trying to save face on tv skinning and grinning but half the city ain't got no power you know it's just it's one of those things where it feels like you know people just get so wrapped up in well, politics don't affect me don't impact me at all like like i can see that on a federal level like on like with the presidency and shit like that but not even that but on a local level i mean we need to be more poli politically sound and we just really need to study and get together and get on the same page the people you know and especially black folks you know i just feel like did you vote today nah nigga I, I, I didn't even know some shit was going on like oh okay you know there's another vote loss like if you look at these local elections and how the numbers are so fucking small i think it's what like sixty thousand black folks here in the city and i'm just like if even if we took you know and the adult population that could vote you know if we took you know what is it i said sixty thousand black folks here i think it's, i think it's a lot more to be honest with y'all but even if you just took like forty thousand black folks who voted on the same page we could swing every fucking uh election in our favor but 
I don't know, man. I don't know why we don't be participating in that. We don't be participating in businesses and shit like that. It's just like, it's just like we just be going through the matrix, just going through the matrix and then reacting like so emotional and then reacting. And it's just like we need to be strategically planning, but it's just frustrating. You see shit happens like this and everybody just throwing their hands up. Like, how could this happen? Well, we let it. We allowed it to happen, you know, but I'm going to just leave it to my nigga Hove. Hove, what you got to say? Don't be the next get tested on that Summer Jam screen. I smoke rocks. I smoke rocks. All right, thank you so much, Tyrone Biggums, for that lovely intro of selling hope like damn dope. So uh, the Business Insider dropped a article earlier this month that said companies still aren't hiring black men despite 10.6 million open jobs in the U.S. and it's costing the economy about 50 billion dollars. <throat> so some of the bullet points in this article is talking about that. Uh, how black men have persistently high unemployment rates and by not hiring them to fill the 10.6 million open jobs companies are partially responsible for 50 billion dollars missing in the economy a new study says <clears throat> and so it says that this is uh, going off of november data so it said about the unemployment rate for black men is about 7.3 percent compared to 3.4 percent of white men looking for work um and you know unemployment goes off of, i mean it goes off of people who are actively looking for work and people who are un on unemployment benefits so it says about 697,000 black men need unemployment and then but at the same time there's 10.6 million vacant jobs out here so something ain't adding up and so if you want to focus on closing the black white uh, job gaps, uh, they were saying that if those jobs were filled, they could add about 30 billion dollars annually to black communities and make a significant reduction in black poverty. And that was based off of the uh, CEPR study. Um, and then where they get the 50 billion dollars from is when you factor in uh, black men of prime working age, uh, you know, who die or, in, or are incarcerated you know so that sucks um and there's never a period of low un unemployment for black men and it, it's kind of it, it's uh heartbreaking to see that uh, all my niggas is working which is a blessing so you know it ain't really impacting us but to see some shit like that almost 700,000 black men unemployed but you got almost 11 million jobs open and they're talking about it's just basically due to racism that's pretty much what it breaks down to and uh you know jobs just being discriminatory that's all it boils down to this whole study that's what it says and um you know the numbers are just it's crazy it's crazy and it i don't know man like right now i'm getting tired of this this nine to five life and so i've been really studying like the s p 500 um really stepping up my crypto game and just trying to uh i was listening to a brother uh what's his name john hope bryant uh and this brother he's from compton and he has a company 
I think called the Hope Foundation that helps people, you know, rebuild their credit and, you know, get into home ownership and shit like that. And I'm already a homeowner, which is cool. You know what I'm saying? They say that's like the first step into, you know, building wealth and shit like that. But I don't know if it was John Hope Bryant or was it Jim Rohn? I can't I don't I can't remember. But um, one of them said that you can't earn your way to wealth. You know, wealth is earned in your sleep when you learn how to stop trading your time for money and start making your money make more money for you. That's how you build wealth. So that's all about investing. And so I've really just been learning about that. Um, I got a I got a homegirl who's a fucking millionaire. Like she really just she really just been on a tear for the past like the past decade just really stepping her shit up and because she was in cybersecurity for the federal government and then it got to the point where her money just got long enough where she just kept on investing in different rental properties here in omaha and then um out east too and um she's down there in texas now and she's just like you just see that glow up and just how hard she be hustling and just getting these. Now she's about she just broke ground on some uh, some townhomes, which is amazing. And she just has so many properties that, you know, she's just living and loving life like on the strip that she's lived in her neighborhood. Like she lives in the same neighborhood, the same street as uh, one of the Texans coaches, you know, one of the Houston, Texas coaches. And, um, you know, just seeing her just do it, like see somebody come from the city and just do it just off of investing and, you know, uh, rental properties and stuff like that. Like, it's just like I don't ever turn into a hater when I see people come from nothing and become something or even rich folks, uh, you know, who are close to me and shit like that. Like when I see somebody doing some fly shit like that, like when my homegirl just grinding and you know, just becoming this this multimillionaire off of, you know, uh, properties is one of those things where it's like you're so close, like, oh, shit, I can do that, too. You know, it's never any hater shit on my end. And uh, I remember when we were driving to um, coming back from our family vacation last summer uh, for my wife's birthday when we were coming back from um, from uh, Superior Lake, Lake Superior. Uh, when we had the the hotel stay off the lake and stuff like that, uh, we were driving back and we were listening to a podcast. And uh, this is how I know my wife was a real one. Um, we was listening to one of her podcasts about the Kardashians, and uh, the women on the podcast were just hating on the Kardashians about all this money that they had and the designer clothes and shit. And I was telling my wife, you know, asking her how she feels about it. And she was like, you know, I love it, you know, because when you see somebody else getting some fly shit, it lets you know that it's obtainable. And that's how the same way I feel about it. You know, just seeing friends, you know, do fly shit and, you know, own businesses, uh, launching sports academies and things like that. And, uh, you know, becoming coaches and shit like that. It's like, oh, you can achieve your dream. You can get the American dream. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, you know, just me being a homeowner and, you know, just doing some fly shit, you know, in front of my niggas. It's just one of them things where they see it and it's not any type of hater shit. It's just like, oh, let me step my shit up, too. I can do this, too. You know, my nigga double did it. I can do it, too. You know, so that I, I just love having that mentality and having a wife like that and having friends like that who have that same kind of mentality. Um, 
but I'm really just trying to learn the game because before, you know, I'm all about, you know, man, fuck the system, blah, blah, blah. You know, when it comes to this money game, because it's because it's rigged to a point, you know that, but it can be rigged in your favor. So that's what I'm learning now in my big age of 38. I'm learning now that the game can be rigged in my favor as far as making my money work for me and then just how to figure out you know these tax breaks these loopholes and you know different investment strategies you know what i'm saying like um like etfs and shit like that um you know the roth iras just really you know because beforehand you're just dumping money into your 401k you're like okay you know i'll be able to pull this out when i'm 59 blah 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 and i'll have you know maybe a few hundred thousand dollars or some shit like that but you know you start learning more and more about compound interest and shit just making your money work for you and what's always sticking to me and i like i said i don't know if it was the brother bryant or jim Rohn that said it about how you can't earn your way to wealth i'm just like damn like you really have to invest read understand the market and it's just it's just like legalized gambling like that's pretty much what it boils down to but you can really rig the money game into your favor and it's all about financial literacy just being smarter with your money and right now i'm at a point where my credit is about to hit the 700s and i'm just trying to think now like coming up with different strategies how can i leverage my credit score you know to the point where you know i can you know maybe jump into some higher investments uh maybe get into some some properties like flipping properties and shit like that because this nine to five shit is for the birds like just that that statement just sticks with me that how you trade your time for money like like really think about that look at how much money you making and how much time you trade for that because time is something that you cannot get back at all so that's what i really been on just listening to like different seminars and you know youtube university is amazing and so is google state right so you can start you know listening to what there's one guy that's like trap wall street like he kind of breaks some shit down for you good um there's some other guys up there on youtube but i just have like just i just save stuff and then i have the luxury of having a job since i'm a trucker i'm on the road you know 10 to 14 hours a day so i can listen to you know four five six different lectures and you know have these mental notes and i got a little black notebook that i write down notes and shit like that when i'm at a stoplight or when i get to a store or something like that or get to a warehouse or some shit like that and you know i jot down things that really stuck out to me so now it's all about implementation because you just see shit like this and it's just like begging for a fucking job right and i know it you know it takes money to make money and shit like that um but just seeing shit like this about how black men are the least employed and just and we're talking about oh it's a booming jobs and all this other shit which is a hustle uh so people don't have to pay so these companies don't have to pay back these uh ppp loans these player 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 loans so 
that's part of it too talking about, oh well, we couldn't find anybody but you're really not hiring nobody and so that's how you can keep that money and you know turn it into a grant as opposed to a loan you know when you show proof of okay i tried to hire more people and blah 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 and all this other shit and it's like oh you couldn't do it okay well it's just a grant you know but you really just pocketing that money that ppp loan money or whatever um but yeah it's it's just it's very disheartening to see some shit like this about this hiring discrimination in fucking 2022 like damn like we still facing shit from like the 70s you know what i'm saying and we still out here just making something out of nothing and what we can do is you know start putting together a little ten dollars here investing it and you know flipping that and you know getting to the point where you can turn that ten dollars you know into thirty dollars turn that thirty dollars into ninety dollars and ninety dollars turn into two hundred dollars you know just being patient and playing a long game but it's all about that compound interest you know and then just buying shit buying companies that you support and then getting in on the ground floor or during a dip most times during a dip you know you have people on tv now a dip is when basically you know those stock prices plummet and it's like my father-in-law say you know if you see the market dip that just means everything's on sale right you know what i'm saying so when that market is dipping you know oh let me start buying buying up you know stock okay it's cheap now you see what i'm saying but most folks panic and sell during the dip and uh the brother uh hope bryant he was talking about um how he has a had a condo somewhere um out in california or something that he bought years ago for like 200 grand and then the uh housing market hit crash hit at 08 09 dropped the uh the price of the um town home down to like it was originally he bought it for like 200 and some change it dropped it down to like one 100 and some change 120,000 or something and he had a tenant a cop there who was you know renting from him and pretty much he used that rent to pay the mortgage and he just he's like i didn't panic you know i'm like what am i gonna do i'm gonna sell it this low no i'm a, i'm not gonna panic about it because he said that there's no more land nobody is making more land and that's just something that really stuck with me him saying that i'm like damn that's true and he was talking about how so many people were panicking who owned properties and were like just hurry up and selling and he said what happened was by 2015 it jumped up to uh he ended up selling a property in 2015 for almost uh seven hundred thousand dollars i'm just like damn so it dipped down in 2009 to like hundred and twenty thousand dollars uh the value and then he ended up selling it just six years later that ain't shit six years you know flies by just like that and then he ended up selling it for six hundred thousand dollars and he said he ended up taking that you know that just over half a million and investing in a property that's worth about seven million dollars so i mean it's just learning this money game to the point where you know you can just kick your feet up and let your money do the work for you but you still got to make that money you still got to you know make the money to invest but that whole trading your time for money like that hit me so hard i'm just like damn 
Like I really be out here on the road, you know, 10 to 14 hours and my paychecks, you know, they're decent. You know, I have I live a great life, you know, we do what we want to do. But at the same time, it's like, damn, we got a second kid coming. And now it's like, OK, we have to roll back on some things not too extreme but at the same time i don't want to fucking roll back right so naturally you're thinking okay i need to take a higher paying job doing you know uh doing the same thing but a different company you know driving but making more money but now that i'm a father i'm just like it ain't about more money it's about making money while i'm spending time with my kids and my wife you know so now it's figuring that out you know you figure out the money problem and you can take care of every other issue once you figure out the money problem you can take care of every fucking thing that comes your way right so my thing is making money while i'm you know watching elmo with nina or you know rocking the new baby to sleep or you know reading both of them a bedtime story you know what i'm saying during nap time so that's what that's where my mind is at is having my money make me money you know making money while i'm sleeping you know doubling up my money giving it getting it up by a third you know a fourth you know up to half you know what i'm saying up to doubling it up so that's where i'm that's where my mindset is and i would advise everybody listening to really start getting into learning about financial literacy and really paying attention to these markets and getting into this legalized gambling called wall street this portion of do rags and boat shoes has been brought to you by the letter l as in hey yo my guy my hands are full give me a hand here can you hold this l all right so holding this l is um it's not a l as in a loss it's an l as in love uh there was a young man who uh was on well he's on tiktok and somebody on twitter posted the video and it's this gay brother uh let me find out his name let me pull this up real quick uh let's see here it's like kima ali or some shit like that and the person who originally uh he's in this video and he's going on this uh this anti-black misandrist rant uh talking about how black men can't die right black men don't bring nothing to the table and uh he's just going off and going off and he believes that he's excluded from all these black male responsibilities because he's a homosexual and that's what's fascinating to me if you watch this video it's nothing but pain this man is talking to either his father a former lover uh, a, a cousin an uncle uh some sort of father figure that wasn't there for him because this ain't nothing but pain coming from this man's voice and he's just going off and going off and you know that he had some black man in his family that failed him you know 
as far as you know leaving his mother out to you know hang and you know hold down the household or uh you know he didn't have no big homies or you know a, a big uncle or grandpa or, uh, you know what i'm saying a big cousin somebody to play catch with or you know show him what it means to be a man in this life and i'm not talking about on some uh some sexual shit because i have some uh some gay niggas in my family who hold down their households and who handle their business and are men right but he excluded himself from this rant he's going on about how straight black men aren't uh progressing everybody else is you know trans black folks are you know getting more attention in the mainstream media black women are the most educated gay gay uh black folks are doing their things and i'm just like he's never looked at the data because it shows that black men are the least and he's going off like a homophobic rant you know how you know how they like to do uh when they slander uh uh black folks you know they love to go on this homophobic or transphobic rant and uh say all of this but the data shows that black men you know are the least homophobic and all are and are all about progressive rights more than any other male group out there that's what the data shows right but we don't talk about that right and so he's going on um you know on this rant and he's describing you know how he wants a black man to lead and you know all this other shit and i'm just trying to think and he's talking about how black folks don't black men don't bring nothing to the table uh you rent it or it's in your mama's name you know just beating down black men going off on this trope and you know back in selling hope like dope i talked about the racist practices uh how we have so many job openings but we still got seven hundred thousand black men you know unemployed out here and a lot of it is due to you know discrimination and my thing is with this brother you know he's not cross-dressing he's not transitioning you know over to be a trans woman but i just think in his mind that him having sexual access to penises and assholes that that excludes him from being a black man and he's going off about straight black men you know and i'm just trying to figure out when did we get to the point where sexual access in the black community is over our blackness you know you have it with the coons you know uh some coons you know who are dating outside of their race and shit like that um and now you have it with our you know our uh our leg booty brothers and sisters you know they're thinking that them having sexual access or you know a different sexuality or sexual preference than straight black folks it makes them like some kind of special unicorn when this brother he could easily be out and about and be subject to racism from the cops 
get the cops called on them you know racism from you know some white neighbors or something like that they don't see you you know playing with dicks and assholes they see you as a black male you know they don't care about you you know running around here uh talking sassy and shit like that if you walking down the street with your mouth closed and shit like that uh, you could be switching up and down you know the the the, the white road in a white cul-de-sac or some shit and they're gonna say your black ass out here selling bussy or you trying to rape a white woman you see what i'm saying so when did we get to this point where your sexual preference made you some kind of unique over blackness and i'll tell you uh when this actually started happening this is when i i feel like it started happening around when uh barack obama painted the white house rainbow colors you know to pass the rights for our uh leg booty brothers and sisters to be able to get married right beautiful thing but they i see i feel like our leg booty brothers and sisters the lgbt community i feel like they they think that since white lgbt folks are making strides that includes them too and since black folks are pretty much still stuck in the same position you know even though our sisters are some of the most educated people on this planet and some of the most entrepreneurial they're still you know the economic wage gap between them and white women and white men is, is still like huge the gap is still huge and black men are just you know we're right there you know and so they think because the white leg booties is you know making strides that includes them you know they're under the illusion of inclusion and you hate to see it right and so they end up making these kind of videos and shit you know uh bashing you know straight black folks but specifically straight black men right talking about they're not homeowners and shit like that and it just seems like you have been let down because there's pain in this brother's face if you if you watch the video and how he's talking this is personal you know this is very personal so watching this whole video is just it's fascinating to me i wasn't even offended uh because I, I handle my business and i know other black men who handle their business and i come from a family of you know brothers in my family who you know handle their business you know what i'm saying so like just ogs uncles and big cousins my mama's cousins and shit like that like all the men that i've come across you know especially on my mama's side of the family you know they hold their own you know what i'm saying so i don't you know i don't know what the fuck this dusty shit he's talking about but it's so many generalizations but if this was coming out of a white man's mouth or a white woman's mouth you know all the black twitter would be dragging this person but since it's you know uh, uh, a brother who prefers you know assholes and dicks you know it's just like oh this is a read oh he's dragging black men and blah 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 and then he you know he blankets it by you know trying to shame black men uh shaming black men at the expense of black women you know he's talking like he's considered an honorary black woman which he's not you see what i'm saying it's just it's uh it's very uh it's very pandering it's very steve harvey like Remember when the whole think like a man shit came out and Steve Harvey was just out here just pandering, you know, to women and shit like that. But that's what this argument he kind of. But if 
he didn't mention black women in these statements that he made and i i got the link in there and it'll be up there um if he didn't mention black women in this and this was a white man or white woman like people will be flagging this for hate speech like it's nothing but generalizations of the black boogeyman you see what i'm saying but this brother thinks because you know he has a different sexual preference that that excludes him from these categories um that he's trying to shit on black men about and i don't like that i don't like that at all um you know shit like this just reminds us of you know reminds me of arguing on the plantation you know what i'm saying while the while we're all victims of the system of racism white supremacy right he doesn't go into any of these factors these systemic factors it's just all about in his mind he's comparing straight black men to white men that's what he's doing you see what i'm saying and it's just like when um when you see some shit where um you know he's going off about homophobia and all this other shit but then you start attacking black men for these traits that you think a man should have you see what i'm saying it's just it's weird it's very weird um it's very odd but like i said i wasn't offended with this uh this man just needs a hug um he needs he needs something because this was you know nothing but a hurt person you know coming out and just going off and you know i think he may have i think he may have been violated in some way got the shit beat out of him or something and he felt like you know his daddy or men in his family didn't protect him because he starts talking about you know how uh you know a black man let the community down they should be pillars in the community and shit like that um but i don't know where this brother grew up at you know so that's another factor into his thought process because how i grew up and how my niggas grew up you know we you know even though if it was a dope boy or gangbanger or some shit like that you know us growing up in the 80s and 90s more specifically the 90s we had them old heads that would look out for us and shit like that and chop up game with you and you know try to keep you away from the streets and shit like that and keep you out that bullshit so somebody failed this young man and you know this ain't nothing but me speaking from love and uh you know hopefully this brother gets the help that he needs but i need for my leg booty brothers and sisters to remember you're still black get your man you win perfect all right so moving on to not all heroes wear capes this is going to be quick and easy uh we have to give it to uh the old man neil young uh <laughs> he went to war with spotify so neil young was saying that he had an open letter a couple days ago and uh let me see here let's see here he said uh he wrote a letter to spotify and he said i am doing this because spotify is spreading fake information about vaccines potentially causing death to those who believe the disinformation being spread by them uh they can have rogan or young not both and spotify was like nigga fuck you we gonna stick by joe rogan and they started pulling all of uh neil young's music off of spotify and they said that um 
you know, Spotify represented about 60% of his streaming uh, revenue globally. He said it's going to be a huge loss for his record company to absorb. But he couldn't continue to support Spotify's life-threatening misinformation to the music-loving public. Uh, that's real. That's somebody who's sticking by his guns, and I respect that. Uh, I genuinely respect that. I mean, the the Joe Rogan uh, podcast is literally, you know, uh, there's a tweet that summed this up perfectly uh, that people have been pulling up because of this Neil Young thing that is from like four years ago, back in 2018. He said, back when I was a kid, uh, this is from somebody named Steak underscore Ham. He said, back when I was a kid, you didn't need Joe Rogan. Your best friend had a 27-year-old brother who was a fucking loser who would smoke pot in a room with blacklight posters and tell you that the Mayans invented cell phones. And it's true. That's pretty much all Joe Rogan's podcast is. It's a bunch of conspiracy theories and then them Googling weird shit and then just getting high and, you know, just rambling. That's pretty much the whole podcast. Um, but shout out to Neil Young for just sticking by his guns and, you know, like, hey, this is some bullshit. Uh, y'all need to chill. And um, yeah, so go ahead and pull my music. Either you're going to pull my music or, um, you know, get rid of Joe Rogan. And then Spotify was like, nah, he bring they probably looked at the numbers and was like, Joe Rogan is bringing in a lot more listeners than Neil Young. So it is what it is but shout out to neil young for sticking by his guns you know like hey y'all on some bullshit but you know it's either me or him and hey you know he gonna lose some money but he like fuck it you know i gotta stick by my guns but moving on to uh health over wealth you know what i say without your health you cannot enjoy your wealth and so it's the new year uh we making it do what it do um we're trying to grow we're trying to evolve but i want you to remember this quote from the dalai lama it says open your arms to change but don't let go of your values all right so remember that open your arms to change but don't let go of your values as you step out into you know onto new horizons new platforms breaking glass ceilings you know you thought you plateaued but you're finding another level um just remember your values don't do anything that you're going to regret or be ashamed of as you you know climb the ladder to success and um yeah just keep doing your thing just please keep doing your thing but remember who you are remember what you stand for and uh you always stay on your square but always be open to um new possibilities and remember strangers gonna make you richer than your friends and family all right so get out there and network uh reach out to a stranger and uh learn some game learn something new from somebody and uh you know do something that you've never done before in 2022 all right so nothing but love and respect to y'all out there this has been episode 194 of do rags and boat shoes and i will see y'all next week oh and before i forget uh my fellow podcasters please tell me hit me up on instagram at do rags and boat shoes let me know what program y'all be using to record audio on like zoom calls and uh or like skype calls and shit like that or if there's any kind of like software that 
you can use where you know you can interview people who are you know away and you know from their computer and from yours you know two different locations and shit with this whole covid shit going on so please uh hit me up on instagram about that and uh if it's a pay service that's fine i don't mind throwing a you know a little subscription fee or whatever to get the audio and shit like that and to have an interface where you know i can invite people in to you know uh ride shotgun with me on these shows so um yeah and as always i love y'all peace